James Franklin, Penn State's head coach, college football, made some interesting comments. So in this article, a peer called Penn State coach James Franklin the other day asking another head scratcher in the ongoing return to play discussion. What if the 14 schools that make up the Big Ten are unable to open their camps or seasons simultaneously? What if, let's say, Ohio State opens up before Penn State, but then Penn State opens up and Wisconsin hasn't opened up yet? Is that fair? So Franklin is talking about, quote, this what he was kind of recommending, that the Big Ten kind of has to come out and say, hey, this needs to be kind of consistent across the conference. Franklin told reporters that, quote, I don't think that this is going to work. It either needs to be everyone opening up at the same time nationally or nothing at all. What do you think, RJ? If if some schools are staggered opening up, I think is that going to work? Is that fair? Or does it need to be everyone needs to be on the same page, everyone needs to be opening up at the same exact time, or nothing at all? I, I'm more along same the same time. And if, I mean, knowing the NCAA, they're not going to get out ahead of this, and they'll just say, oh, we'll, we'll make money somehow, so we're going to let whoever's open open, and then we'll figure it out. Um, but, <sighs> yeah, if you logistically want to be fair you cannot have it where some schools are open and allowed to have players on campus and some schools that aren't i mean you cannot then say well your athletes have to be there yeah well wisconsin's campus is closed until what june is it 30th is it the end of june right now i think yeah i think it's until the quote unquote end of the academic year which is June 30th, and then so yeah. July 1st, it'll open back up. So there's already that. But with that... The Big Ten, though, has also suspended activities until June 1st, but the Wisconsin campus is closed until the 30th right now. Right, but so still, Wisconsin can't do anything anyways. But still, I think your your coaches, your weight coaches, should still be able to get those guys yeah, get your back virtual onto workouts. your... Hopefully they have some place to get a workout in. Sure. Um... So you'll be able to start your off-season conditioning because, I mean, after after finals and graduation and all that, you get a couple weeks before the quote-unquote mandatory or uh, uh, voluntary workouts start where you don't have to be there, uh, but it's strongly encouraged if you want to play, yeah. you should be there. So what do you think, Nelson? James Franklin says it should be everyone or nothing. It should be everyone across the board nationally all in on the same dates for starting up college football or nothing at all. Where do you fall? Well, I think for fairness, you would say when everyone have to be on the same playing field should be open on the same day when everyone can be open. But we know college football is not fair. Like <laughs> It's not fair at all. Look at, look at the recruiting classes every year. It's the same teams. They mm-hmm. always get the best players, the Blue Bloods, right? Yep. Some say that they even use illegal gifts well, we already to know. get those players. We already know they do that. Some teams some don't some get caught. Those. Some get caught more than others. Yeah. Some don't get caught at all. So some are clean. Is college sports fair, especially football? No. I wouldn't be surprised if they opened it up for June 1st, knowing that a lot of schools wouldn't be able to uh, participate, but some would. So Franklin says he expects a quote-unquote way inconsistent return across the Power 5 conferences because of varying state-by-state restrictions and reopening plans amidst this pandemic. He says, I can't imagine that right now we're all going to open at the same time. If the SEC, for example, opens up a month earlier than the Big Ten, and the Big Ten is able to open up 12 of the 14 schools, if two schools can't open, I don't see a conference, any conference, penalizing 80% or 75% of the schools because 25% of them can't open. Do you think we could see a realignment of conferences, kind of like Major League Baseball's thinking about brainstorming on I, anything's on the table right now don't you think it's not out of the realm of possibility maybe you can uh i know this would never happen in in a normal year but maybe you could coax a, a team like notre dame 
to actually play the Big Ten type schedule. No. I know they would never do it normally because they have too much money tied up in the Notre Dame broadcasting company. Yeah, but, I mean, just think about it, though. We play Notre Dame at Lambeau this coming year. Yeah, but they still have that agreement with the ACC where half of their games are against ACC teams right now. Yeah, that's true. Um, And, yes, they still sprinkle in uh, Michigan. Did did they, like, renew that, or was that a one-off? I I think it's a home-and-home. It it would make sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. at, and I know they have a home-and-home home with Wisconsin. Okay, so um, here's Notre Dame's schedule. They have Navy at Notre Dame, Arkansas at Notre Dame, Western Michigan. Then they go the road to Wake Forest. Then they have Wisconsin at Lambeau. Then they'll host Stanford. Then they go to Pittsburgh. Then they'll, go to, then they'll host Duke. Then they'll host Clemson. Then they'll go to Georgia Tech. Then they'll host Louisville. And then they'll go to USC. Okay, and like so they USC, put in they always have a rivalry game. Yeah. Um. That's Notre Dame's schedule. Yeah. And, I mean, they've been playing USC since the 20s. So, since I mean, the dawn of time. It's, that's one that's never going to go away. Um, I'm just saying if they kind of throw it more into a regional-type yeah. division, I wouldn't mind seeing Notre Dame have to play the Big Ten. Well, could they? Oh, neither would I. That'd, that'd be but, awesome. But and think of everything. Kind of, ex- yeah. kind of expose What do you them. take, though, when it comes to the schedule? They've already planned the schedule out years, years in advance. Everything's put in the paper. Pen to paper, they have okay. the schedule. Do you throw the schedule out if, if certain say, states can't reopen and then you just create a different schedule? Say, yeah, How does say, that work? Say you throw out the schedule because it's it's obviously not a normal year and you're just going to play teams that are within your region. God, it's so... Who, who would really care if they pushed all the contracts back one year? Sorry, UCLA, you can't come in until 2033. What would you do? Sorry, though? you were yeah. looking forward to let's coming say, in at 32. Let's so. say you realign all of this because certain states can't open and it's just a different – it's a completely different season than what was already on paper. Do you still have a college football playoffs? Or you just go – you play your, your regular season and then if things change, if – I mean, if things don't change, I should say, and things are still shut down, do you just say, all right, you played your regular season. Sorry, no bowl game. Sorry, no college football playoffs. Or how about you play like eight games and then they bring in a top thirty-two? We'll have a thirty-two team playoff. Ah, they'd only go to they, sixteen. Would they bring back they, the old? They BCS? do it more like D three, D two. Would they bring back the old BCS where they have voters to declare who the national champion is? No. And it's so crazy because there has never been a way in organized NCAA football to create a playoff system. Never on any level. It's never happened. Have no clue logistically how to do it. Crazy. Is it, 16, that, is it really that hard? 16-team playoff, 32-team playoff? I'd be all for it. Why not? So Franklin said, quote, I agree. Franklin said, quote, to me, unless there's a level playing field and the NCAA comes out and says that no one's opening before this date to try and help with that, what you really end up doing is you end up hurting the conference. Say two or three of the schools in our conference, the Big Ten, that are ranked in the top ten have the ability to open, and a couple schools don't. And you make the decision to hold the entire conference back. You're hurting the conference as a whole in terms of your ability to compete. So he's thinking he's one of those teams, even though he got um, – he's not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, they're know, top – in the FP in the fo- football power index, they're top ten. What are they, eighth, I think? Overrated. Just, I well, mean, Wisconsin's fourth, baby. Don't forget. Also overrated. Stop it. You have a Wisconsin Badgers hoodie <laughs> I, on today. They're uh, fourth. But they're, if anything, they're underrated. See, here's the thing you're not holding a conference back. And it's. Would you care if Rutgers or. Rutgers could have an extra month. Yeah. You know, insert. I don't it's think not, it would matter. Do you care if Maryland, Rutgers? Do you even care if they're playing football? Do they even care if they're, or I mean, the, not the players, but the fan yeah. base, do they care? Well, I mean, it'll be like going to a regular game. Nobody <laughs> will be there. Um, I mean, Illinois has got that big win over Wisconsin. They need to play. Yeah. They're like, we're riding high. See, here's the they thing. got momentum. Like, the NCAA, who has yet to say anything because they have no backbone, they have no morals, they have no anything, needs to come in and flat out set a guideline. Then it's not up to the conference. Then it's not up to the individual school. It's like, here's when we're starting. 
Yeah, well, so, and to your point, like and, NCAA having no backbone, the Big Ten commissioner, Kevin Warren, he hasn't made any major public declaration well, either. I, the bad thing with him is this is his first yeah, year. Oh, my God, could you imagine this is your first year on the job and you're like, could it get any worse than this? See, I'm all right with them yeah. not having anything out there right now, but if it's June 1st, if it's June 15th, yeah. and they don't have anything out there, because I still feel like they have some time, right? Because mm-hmm. you said this quote-unquote semester or school year doesn't get over until June 30th, right? but by July 1st, I want something there. Yeah, and that's when and the if, new academic year starts. So the Big Ten commissioner did say, quote, this situation is so fluid. That's his one, that's his one quote. That situation is so fluid. But he said the conference has a Big Ten Emerging Infectious Disease Tax Task Force to help in the decision-making process. Well, here's the best part about I love the Big that name. Ten. Big Ten Emerging Infectious Disease Task Force. The academic side of the Big Ten has a lot of the top research hospitals in the United States. Mm-hmm. So that task force is like a legit task force. It's not like the SEC who would be like, uh, yeah, we're looking into it. The SEC? Yeah, my cousin told me that we'd be fine. Or those guys who wear those Let's SEC go play some football. graduate patches. Yeah. Part of me kind of wants the SEC task force, though. If they're like, Let's, who cares? Let's just go play some football, buddy. <laughs> that, Let's go. That's just that. That's what it would be, too. And like Nelson showed me this picture from 1918 when the Spanish flu was like wrecking, wreaking havoc. That would, what football game was that? The football I, game was packed. Yeah, it was shoulder to shoulder. Some, some people, people wearing masks, face masks. Some, some people didn't. Hey, that was in 1918. We're still around today, RJ. Let's go play uh, some football. Find, I gotta find out where that's from and see if there was a spike in the Spanish <laughs> yeah, flu right, right yeah. after that. We were talking about it at the end of the show yesterday. I want to talk about it in the eight o'clock hour. Do you, in your heart of hearts, and a lot of Packer fans, or should I say, cheeseheads, will tell you this: that they were one player away from getting to the Super Bowl. Because if you remember right, they lost to the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game. They got demolished. But despite the fact that they ran wild all over them, Raheem Mostert did. Uh, Shanahan coached circles around the floor again. Rodgers didn't show up, didn't put up any points. But it mattered. But a lot of cheeseheads and other people will tell you that the Packers, they were one wide receiver, one player away from possibly getting to the Super Bowl. First of all, I, I think I already know the answers, but do you guys believe that, that they are legitimately one player away from the Super Bowl? Nelson? No. 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 RJ? No. Now, a lot of people are saying if we just had that weapon for Aaron Rodgers that wasn't named Devontae Adams or Aaron Jones, that they would have done it. See, they I would have made it. I think you could easily make that argument that they were one dynamic receiver away if you didn't see the two games they played against the San Francisco 49ers. If you didn't know, they had absolutely no defense. Absolutely, literally well, no one to stop the run. Yeah, nobody up the middle. Yeah, if you didn't see them get obliterated in two games in San Francisco, then I could see your argument for that. But after watching that, where the, the defensive line, the linebackers just absolutely got smashed, no. The Packers were losing 27 to nothing at halftime. In the the NFC Championship game. The players they are away are the middle of their defense. That's what they need to focus on. I was going to say, that's the follow-up. What's the, what's, what, yeah, is that what it is? And a receiver. Shoring up the defensive line to stop the run. But Jimmy Garoppolo was 6 of 8 for 77 yards passing. Yeah. The 49ers collection of Raheem Mostert, Debo Samuel, Tevin Coleman, Matt Breda, and I guess Jimmy Garoppolo did rushed the ball, carried the ball four times, but he had minus one yard, so he was doing them a disservice. They ran for 285 yards total and four touchdowns. Now, most of that was Mostert. But is it? I don't think they weren't a wide receiver away. They were almost a whole defensive line away. Yeah. I mean, the guy who should be the most upset is Kenny Clark. (laughs) Totally. Kenny Clark's a beast. Yeah. He got got some help with uh, the Smith brothers. Mm -hmm. He's got... He had no help behind him. Well, if you want Blake Martinez to tackle some guy seven yards down the field. Right. And if, <laughs> if Blake Martinez's only thing was like, the Smith brothers are going to do whatever they want. you got to clean up the mess. Well, well, then guess what? You stay in the middle and clean up the mess. 
I feel like North, if, if Blake Martinez is a good player, but if you, you're a great player, you find ways to. You don't have an excuse. You, you just go out yeah, and do it. Yeah, you can't tell me he did not have a gap assignment on every play. Well, my job was just supposed to just clean up whatever Zadarius and Preston didn't do. Right. He had a gap assignment. If he didn't go to it, uh, or if he was a step too slow to get to it, that's on him. Sounds like a big well, excuse to me. If you watch a lot of the film from the San Francisco game, especially the last one, there were clear gaps that were wide open because we saw the holes that were created for Mack trucks to run through. Mm-hmm. And Blake Martinez was <laughs> Wait, just, they signed a guy named Mack trucks. Yeah. Blake Martinez so was just two steps. The whole O line for the 49ers are Mack trucks. And now toting the rock for your San Francisco 49ers, Mack trucks. Be a hell of a name. T-R-U-X. Ooh, no, I'm thinking, I'm thinking C K S. Okay. Either or. I yeah. Mean, either or work. It. If your name is Mack trucks, you better be toting the rock. Anyways, what are you saying now? Well, what I was getting at is Blake Martinez, <laughs> even with those huge holes, he was he technically was on his way there, but he was always two steps late. And they were running right by him. It's just when you look at the people saying, and I know it's not a, a majority, but a lot of people, I've been seeing it on Twitter. Packers Twitter is insufferable at times. We were one wide receiver away. We need Aaron Rodgers to get some weapons. We were one wide receiver away. From getting to the Super Bowl, uh, I, I'm sorry, but no, you no, they weren't. They well, were we, a couple positions away. We talked about it briefly yesterday. I never felt confident in many games that they played that year, last season. Same, like yeah. they still found ways to win. They found ways to win, but they were never super dominant outside of a couple games. They, it's like one score games that it was some. I can't remember the stat exactly. It was some insane game where the Packers were in one the most one-score games in the NFL coming out victorious, which was, like, very rare. I mean, the Packers, at the end of the day, were 13-3. and three. They were in the NFC Championship game. And a lot. if you go back and look at that season last year, don't you kind of wonder how? Well, you ca- they kept winning, and you, you kept saying to yourself, like, how the hell they pull that no one out? There's no way they can continue to play like this and win games. Like, especially when the competition got better and better. Now they found a way to beat Seattle. Yep. They obviously found a way... To make it that far into the playoffs, and then they ran into a team that was clearly more head and physical shoulders and better. Than head and them. shoulders. They got out clearly better, outplayed every aspect of the game. They got out out physicaled. They got out everything. Out physicaled. I always love that one. Out physicaled. Yeah. Out physicaled. We got like the the creme de la creme, the the premier specimens of physical talent out there. Yeah, they got out physicaled. Yep, and they did. <laughs> they totally did. They got out coached, out physicaled, out everything. Jimmy, the only thing they didn't get, Jimmy Garoppolo literally was sick. I'm not kidding. He threw the ball eight times, completed six passes for 77 yards. The the San Francisco 49ers did one thing, ran the ball. Well, if you remember. And they couldn't stop him. If you remember, what was that? Probably right around after the Super Bowl when it came out with that uh, new Mount Notice. Yeah. And Mike Pettin was on it. Yeah. Because I couldn't unsee that game, how they Forever never, unclean. yeah, they never got out of their their base dime or nickel defense, even though they were getting it run right down their throat. Like yeah. I don't think they ever came out in a three four base set. Yeah, and they were just like, okay, I guess you're gonna run the football. <laughs> and San Francisco was like, okay, we're gonna run the football. We're gonna do it. Thank how many you. how many players do you away do you think the Packers were legitimately from a Super Bowl? Three, four. You needed another. D lineman, um, an end, not the rush guys, not the yeah. You were set uh, there, you like needed, a you needed a better Dean Lowry. Yeah, um, you needed two inside linebackers, and you needed one receiver. I think you just needed a receiver, a defensive end, and a linebacker. Everything you guys just named is essentially what they did not do. Correct in the draft. The linebacker they did draft in the fifth round, Kamal Martin, is isn't he injured? Yeah, rehabbing a knee injury. He's rehabbing a knee injury. I think he played in nine games last year for he's the, the he's Gophers. A gopher. He's a gopher. Didn't test out that well. If you wanted a gopher, you should have just gone with uh, what's his face, the safety. Isn't he essentially Winfield? Yeah, thank you. Isn't Winfield he as Jr. fast? Isn't Kamal Martin as fast as Blake Martinez? Yes. So you you essentially drafted a guy that is. An injured Blake Martinez. His ceiling would be Blake Martinez, I'd say. Yeah. And that would be extremely hopeful. Yeah. Correct. And he's injured. <laughs> and then you went out and got Jonathan 
Well, we had Thor Nystrom on from Roto World, Nelly, and he said his favorite pick, one of his, he had two of them, <laughs> and the one that he really liked was the Packers' last pick in the draft, pick 242 out of the seventh round, Jonathan Garvin, the defensive end out of Miami. Yeah. That guy, uh, when when he played, He's got I, a I lot think of he ability. played against the Badgers Again, let me, in, let me, in one of those two straight bowl games. Let me be clear. His favorite pick was a seventh rounder. Pick 242. But that's the type of guy that's a, you know, second, third round pick if he plays every time. Like, because he doesn't have a motor. He's kind of like the guy that plays when he wants to. If he played every single play, he'd be a second or third round pick. So a lot of people forget, though, when it comes to them being a certain amount of players away. They were definitely more than one player away from the Super Bowl, one wide receiver away. They did get a wide receiver, though, not in the draft. They got Devin Funches. Your thoughts on Devin Funches? I like the signing. I, I think he's going to be quality. I think he's a. I think I don't think he's going to blow you away with anything, but he's going to be that reliable quality. He'll get you your, what you need to be done. I think he's a solid number three in the NFL, and the Packers are going to have to ask him to be a number two. Which before he got injured, he was asking. He was, gonna, he was like asking for ten some million dollars. He was asking for a big contract, a decently sized contract, and then he got injured. Obviously, the Packers got him on the cheap because he had he only played one game last year. That was the first game of the season. So there it is. I'm being hopeful for that for a wide receiver. They expect a lot from Alan Lazard. They expect a lot from MVS. They expect a lot from, I don't know how much you can expect from Jake Kumaro, but they're expecting a lot. I don't know how much you can expect from MVS. From Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Matt LaFleur said he's going to be on his earth. He did have one tackle against the Badgers in the Orange Bowl. There you go. And then they're expecting um, Equimania St. Brown, who was injured last year, to you know take a step forward. I do like I do though like Devin Funches and your thoughts though on Christian Kirksey because they did address an inside linebacker by signing him in free agency. If he stays healthy, I think he'll be a better middle linebacker than uh, Blake Martinez would for the Packers and what they ask him to do. He's better in coverage. He's faster. He's faster. Can scale sideline to sideline. Things that uh, Blake Martinez couldn't do very well. The only knock on Kirksey is his two years in a row now where he's been injured. Yes, where you knew Blake Martinez was going to be there every single day. Yeah. I just like how when we we uh, talked to Thor, we even I posed the question: Who would he have rather drafted, being that he's a Gopher fan? Between the two Minnesota linebackers and and Coughlin and uh, Martin, the and he said the other guy, and he chose the other guy, the guy that tested better than Martin, and was drafted in the seventh round, <laughs> which is insane. A guy that watches Minnesota Gophers every single week, does all the draft combine and breaks down players. Still saying how he would rather have a seventh round linebacker out of Minnesota than the guy the Packers drafted in the fifth round. We'll continue this conversation because when it comes to looking forward to the next this coming season, I'm a little uh I'm a little leery, Nelly. I don't know what to expect. well, you never know what to expect, obviously. But when you look at the draft and the problems they had in that NFC Championship game, which were magnified in a national landscape, national setting, national spotlight, because it was the NFC Championship game. You're like, my God, how can these glaring issues need to be addressed? And what did they do in the draft? They didn't address any of them. None. My biggest fear is that they, their first three picks are all essentially backups this year, and the rest of the guys only half make the team. That Kamal Martin, I, that's... Oof. Do you think that, uh, who do you say you think is going to make the team? Wasn't it Kamal Martin? Him, Vernon Scott, the safety. Yeah. Well, it's, what was that? The at least, seventh round. At least one of the offensive linemen drafted. I would make put a bet down. Doesn't make the team. That's three guys right there. Some very interesting times for the green and gold. I was going to ask you, what are you going to do? Are you excited for the three-hour NFL schedule release show starting at seven? Evil, I'm so excited I already threw a story up this morning previewing <laughs> the schedule release and reminding people exactly who it is the Packers play, um, what those teams did last year, what those teams look like today after the draft and after free agency. So, so yes, in, in, this, in this time where we're looking for every nugget possible, I guess, to write about the, uh, the schedule release uh, date, it takes, uh, you know, takes center stage again, almost like the draft two weeks ago tonight, yeah. Ebo, and 
in the two months leading up to the draft. Now it's uh, it's schedule release. Even though everybody in the league has known their 16 opponents since December 30th, when when uh, the, the 2019 season ended, it's uh, it's time to put them in order tonight. And you know, it, the most interesting thing I think that's going to come out of this in in there's, there's leaks all day, and yeah. they've already started this morning. Evo is that it, it looks like all um, you know all of the teams are going to play their first four games outside of the conference against whatever division they lined up uh, with from the from the other conference. So in Green Bay's situation, for example, the NFC North this year is playing the AFC South. Mm. So Green Bay's first four games are going to be against Houston, Tennessee the Colts and Jacksonville, um, where in the past, a couple of those probably would have been divisional games. You might've seen that Tampa game early on as, you know, a a way to kick off the season or something like that. But, uh, they're going to start outside the conference. And, and, and obviously the reason for that evil is going to be in case they do have to push the season back. Let's just say in theory, it goes from 16 to 12. For some reason, it's a lot easier to get rid of those four out of conference games. They're, they're, they're less critical, you know they're 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 less important, I guess, when you start to look at tiebreakers and and how you set up the playoffs and things like that than your conference games are. So the NFL obviously has a fallback plan. That's what it is um, in terms of of setting teams up to play outside the conference the first four weeks of the year. Hopefully it doesn't come to that evil. Hopefully everybody gets in all 16 games. Right. But it, but it looks like they're setting it up that way just in case they have to trim a month off the season. Robbie, when it comes to road opponents, and you were just talking about it, but what game? You personally, would you be most intrigued to watch? Is it the Niners, the Buccaneers, the Te- like who, what, or the Saints? What team for you? You're like I circling this on my calendar. Yeah, Tampa, I mean, without without question. I mean Brady Gronkowski. You know they drafted Werfs in the first round, the offensive tackle from Iowa. So Brady's going to be well protected. He's got those terrific skill guys all around him. They, they, Tampa didn't get crushed by any means in free agency in terms of losses. You know, they made major additions. I mean, Evo Tampa's a twelve to one to win the Super Bowl. I was just looking that up last night. I mean, I the think Packers? Fourth, yeah, Packers are twenty two to one. Um, I, I think Tampa had the fourth best odds, if I remember right, behind like the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Forty Niners. Um, it's it's crazy how how Vegas has bought in and, and believes Tampa's going to be kind of the the next big thing this, this this coming season. But you know, Rogers Brady is is always a fun matchup. But more than anything, I, I I'm intrigued by you know just what Brady's going to do down there, um, especially adding Gronkowski now and, and those skilled people around him. But but I got into that today, Evo, in a, in a story on Forbes.com. Just just I I think I think because the season ended and and we haven't talked about the schedule since December 30th, mm-hmm. you know it's it, it's a nice time to do a reminder. But but Green Bay's road schedule, Evo, is just going to be brutal. I mean they're at San Francisco, which obviously won the NFC and and, and could have easily won the Super Bowl. They're at the Saints, which was another 13 and three team. Houston won the AFC South. They have to go to Houston. You know the the, the divisional games are tough. I mean. Two teams, Evo, that they, they go on the road and face that, that were under 500 last year, I, I think have real chances to get to their conference title games. We already talked about Tampa Bay, but, but if Phillip Rivers plays, you know, even at C-plus level quarterback for the Colts, Evo, and, and Green Bay has to go to Indianapolis, I mean, the Colts are going to be a beast because Indianapolis' roster, I, I think 30 teams, 28 teams in the league would trade rosters with the Colts other than the quarterback position from a year ago. The Colts are loaded. They have, they have a terrific roster, Evo. They, just, they had garbage quarterback play last yeah. year, and Rivers, Rivers should help change that. I mean, so so Green Bay's road games, Evo, are, 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 are crazy hard. Their, their road opponents last year were plus 15 in terms of wins, losses, and as you kind of break down their road schedule and look at it, two, three, four teams on that schedule, Evo, are definitely better than a year ago. So the Packers are going to have their hands full on the road. The home slate's a lot easier. Definitely. Um, then, then I mean, the, the teams they've got coming to Lambeau were 13 under 500 last year, Evo, and um, you know a couple of them went backwards. I, I would say in the off season, Jacksonville's garbage. Carolina went backwards. I think trying to replace Newton here, they'll do it with Bridgewater. I'm 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 not sold on Bridgewater at all. I don't think Atlanta's very good, um, and they lost Hooper and some other. Hey, new uniforms though, Rob, for the Falcons. New uniforms for the Falcons. Look there out. you go. There Look you out. Go. So. <laughs> 
So, I, I mean, at least what we get tonight, Evo, is a ray of hope yeah. in, uh, you know, for, for football nation and for football fans everywhere is, is they can kind of devour exactly where their teams are going to be on what particular days. Maybe they can, you know, consider making a road trip somewhere and see if it all pans out. But it, but schedule night is always, to me, kind of a, kind of a night of hope and, uh, you know, Football Nation will get that tonight, Evo. Yeah, the NFL, when they flex, man, everybody looks. We're still talking about the draft, you know, like just the coverage itself. The NFL, they know they got us hooked, line, and sinker, and I'm totally here for it. Rob, something I was thinking about, and I saw people on Twitter kind of freaking out about this too when it comes to the end of the division. Uh, They're saying it's now the Minnesota Vikings division to lose, despite them losing a lot of starters and, you know, Stephon Diggs as well for on offense and yada, yada, yada. The Packers don't really lose too many starters, but don't do too much in the draft. Who is the NFC North to lose? Oh, I think Green Bay is still the team to beat, and and I I get it. Uh, you know, the Packers have had a really rough off season. They did they didn't do themselves any favors in free agency. I think they went backwards at right tackle. We'll see what they did there at inside linebacker, going Kirksey versus Martinez. Um, you know, I I think if Kirksey's on the field, he, he he might be a slight upgrade from Blake Martinez. We'll see. The thing that you always knew about Blake Martinez, much like AJ Hawk, Evo, is he was going to put on his pads every single Sunday. Mm-hmm. Blake didn't miss games. You know, Kirksey's played nine games the last two years. He's he's he was Cleveland's version of Kevin King. Um, is is who he was, Evo, and so you know we'll see if um, you know if that pans out. And then obviously the draft was a major disappointment for much of Packer Nation. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see if that you know we'll, we'll see how that eventually plays out. And maybe Matt Lafleur got a couple of pieces there that can help him this year. But yeah. all all indications are Evo that that draft really won't start paying dividends until let's say twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two. It's not going to help him a great deal. But but Minnesota did not. It certainly went backwards as well. That that was a ten and six team last year, Evo. That I think is going to struggle to win nine ten games again this year. I know they added Jefferson at, at wide out in the draft, Evo, but he's not going to be he's not going to put up the numbers that Stefan Diggs did in twenty twenty. Um, he might by twenty twenty two or something like that, and and then have a, have a much brighter future by that point in time than Diggs does. But in twenty twenty, you, you you tell me you want you want Diggs or Jefferson? It's easy, easily it's easily Diggs. Um, and then they lost a bunch of guys on defense too. I mean, Everson Griffin is still floating around out there. Evo, that you know they lost Trey Waynes at corner, the Michigan State kid from Kenosha. You know they lost one of their safeties who was really good, uh, Zendehu. Um, so they, they 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 took some hits and um, the draft. It, it appears they had a really good draft, Evo. But again. Um, you know, the, the, it takes a couple years for these draft sure. picks to really play at a super high level. Um, now, now to me, honestly, Evo, I think the Bears are the greatest threat in the division. Really, they've, they, they've they've got a ready-made Super Bowl level kind of defense, and if Nick Foles again can play C plus B minus quarterback um, at, at quarterback form instead of D plus or <laughs> D level that Trubisky was at, um, and they're, they're going to win ten, eleven games, much like they did. Two years ago, Evo, in that 2018 season when they when they won the division, I, um, I I I I like Chicago's rosters. Obviously, the greatest the greatest question and the greatest hole was a quarterback. You know, they they got Foles for a fourth. They're going to hope Foles can look like you know the Foles from Philadelphia. And if he does, Evo, you know, I I think they're a real threat in the division. And you know, Detroit's still Detroit. I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you about Detroit. I was like, what do you think about Detroit? Ways away. I mean, they, they really are. I mean, I know they're giddy and again in Detroit that they drafted Okuda in the first round at, at number three. But again, is he going to be better than Darius Slay, who a, a Pro Bowl corner that they lost? Not in 2020. He's not evil, right? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's going to be in a year or two. He's, he's probably going to be a, a seven-year star in the division and, and things to that effect. But in terms of immediate help here in 2020, uh, no, probably not. The, the, the greatest thing that helps Detroit, obviously, Evo, is, is the quarterback comes back. I mean, Stafford missed half the season yeah. last year with that back deal. Um, I think they were about 500 when he went down. They might have been like 3-4-1 and one, and then went 0-8 without him. That seems to, to ring a bell to me, those numbers. Um, and, you know, so then they finished 3-12-1. Um, but you know they were really bordering around 500. I mean they're a six-seven win team in all likelihood. I I think Green Bay and Chicago are going to fight it out honestly. Even I think Minnesota's third and, and Detroit's fourth. <laughs> Poor Detroit, their fan base as small as it is. <laughs> I feel for them, man. I feel for them. Rob, before I let you six, go, 
six to one odds you go to win the Super Bowl if you, if you want to really take a flyer. Put a little flyer on that. Why not? Um, Robbie, before I let you go, uh, any take on Brett Favre and Favre Enterprises getting busted for $1.1 million of misappropriated funds? And Favre has already repaid back uh, $600,000 or $500,000. And uh, he's setting up a payment plan, I guess, in the next couple of months for the $600,000 left. Any take on Brett Favre and Favre Enterprises with them getting uh, the misappropriation of funds in Mississippi? I really don't, Evo. I'm not close enough to the situation to yeah. to know if there was, was you know any inappropriate action going on by Brett or if this was a misunderstanding. And, you know, if, if you remember, something similar happened a few years back with Leroy Butler, and they got it all cleaned up. And mm-hmm. you know, what, what, I will say this: that the thing I found really interesting, which which made me think, you know, maybe Brett didn't know what was going on. Evo is is when all this news came out, and and they said, you know, the, the, there was the one point one million dollars missing, and or that he was paid that he was paid for, you know, for not making the appearances. But there was no, there were, there were not going to be any kind of charges or criminal yeah. charges yep. whatsoever against him. So it, it did give you the impression that maybe there was a, you know, a, a, a sense on, uh, on Brett's part of just kind of being ignorant to what was going on around him. And I know ignorance isn't an excuse, but um, maybe you know there are a lot of times, people, uh, Evo, you know this, where where the handlers and the people you put in Take charge of things of you. are are absolutely up to no good and you don't know anything about it. And again, that that's not an excuse. You, you put the, you empower those people to, to do those kind of jobs. It's up to you to pay attention to what they're doing. But, but again, you know, I, I, you know me, I have unbelievable respect for Brett Favre. I, I've, I've always, I've always thought he's the greatest competitor I've ever watched. Same. The greatest, uh, the greatest athlete I've ever watched. And I take him over Jordan, even in terms of competitors. Um, and Jordan's on, Jordan's on a remarkable level of his own, but, but you know you don't play 321 straight games in this league without being you know the, the world's all-time tough guy and great competitor. Yeah. So um, I, I have a remarkable amount, amount of respect for Brett. I, I hope it gets cleaned up, Evo, and uh, you know nobody a year from now remembers this even happened. Well, the Brett Favre Foundation has raised over 10 million dollars for kids, so there is that. There is yep. a little silver lining for you. And if anyone, because I saw some people you know slandering Brett Favre a little bit, and they said they wanted to get rid of his jerseys and merchandise. If you have Brett Favre gear, I will gladly accept it. And it sounds like you might too, Robbie. Oh, absolutely. I know a number of people who would get in line for that. So, yeah, throw something up there if anybody wants to. I'll have them drop it off here at 730 Railvac Drive. If you want to get rid of any Brett Favre jerseys and stuff, we can drop it off here. And, Rob, if I find your sizes, I'll give you some, okay? There you go, buddy. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks, Robbie. Appreciate it, man. All right, guys. Enjoy schedule night. There he is. Rob Reichel, com. You can find him on Twitter, at Rob Reichel. The pride of Wisconsin. The pride of Darlington. Former Badger, Kurt Bangle, Alex Erickson. Alex, what's up, dude? What's up, man? How we doing? Long time no talk, man. How are you living? What's good? I'm living good, dude. Just trying to stay alive out here. Are you, uh, where are you at right now? Are you in Madison? Madison, yeah. You're, uh, you're a north sider like I am, right? Not to like out where you are, but you're a north sider like I am, yeah? No, that's my brother. I'm on the west side. Oh, your brother's on the north side? Man, I haven't talked to him in a while. i got to get him. So what's up, man? Get us caught up with uh, everything that Alex Erickson's been up to um, when it comes to the spring and now into the summer. Are you doing like a virtual workout for the Cincinnati Bengals, or how is that all going? Yeah, we're doing uh, virtual meetings and stuff. So we're just doing the meetings, and then they send us workouts, and we do that on our own. But it's huh. different, dude. It's I mean, obviously the world we live in now, the norm's changing, but uh, – yeah, it's, we're making it work. We're we're getting our film study in. We're getting our um, getting our playbook stuff in. So it's been going pretty well. Um, That's good, man. So are they so sending you like yeah. diet routines too, or uh, and workout routines along with it? Like, how does it all work out with these Zoom meetings? Yeah, so we do all the Zoom meetings, just the film stuff. We we'll do film and then playbook review stuff, and then they send us all the workouts. Uh, so then it's just up to you to do it on your own. So it's a lot of accountability on that yeah, on what, kind of, what kind of gym is alex erickson rocking with in his house yeah dude i bought a when all this started going down i didn't know how long it last so i bought like a squat rack and all the weights and stuff so i got a nice little setup in my basement and uh it does good i just go outside and do all my running outside cool man alex erickson joining us right yeah. now former badger current cincinnati Bengals. so speaking of the Bengals and whatnot obviously uh, you spent time with Andy Dalton. I want to get your take on Andy Dalton real quick. How how good of a guy was Andy Dalton? How great of a character was he? 
Yeah, he's a great guy. We became really close friends, and um, he's he was an unbelievable leader, um, great quarterback. You know, it's uh, unfortunately the way the business works is, uh, as we all know, if you don't produce or don't have the success you want, they got to make some changes. And uh, the quarterback takes takes a lot of the credit, but also take a lot of the blame too, whether it's fair or not. Um, so they made a change. Obviously, drafted Joe Burrow number one overall. So Joe, obviously a talented guy. Uh, you don't go number one without being obviously skilled, but he seems like a great guy that's going to come in and work hard and earn the respect of the teammates and uh, going to get the going to get thrown right in the fire from the get go. So what's uh, what's the vibe like for the team uh, having a new rookie quarterback come in with uh, you know the first round pick for the the Bengals? What have uh, have you been talking to some teammates? You guys pretty excited? Yeah, everyone's excited. Everybody just wants to win. I mean, it's been a long uh, last year was just a really long year. We've been struggling and the season's so long and. So everybody wants to win, do whatever it takes to win. And, uh, you know, obviously we're going to have to help Joe a lot. It's, there's a lot to learn as a rookie, and the NFL is a whole nother level. So we got to be, you know, as a receiving core, we got to help him the best we can and be in the right spots and make sure he feels comfortable with us. And uh, yeah. so it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot. Everyone's got to take their game up to, to help him out. I love it. Alex Erickson joining us right now. <laughs> Alex, what was it like for you coming into the league as a rookie? That's challenging. I, you just don't really know what to expect, and everyone says the game's faster and all this stuff, and and you know all, all that sounds great, and you can't really. It's hard to simulate it, you know, until you get out on that field, and you know the preseason's one thing, and then you get the regular season to a whole another level. So, um, unfortunately, we're not going to have as much time on the field as we would have for those guys coming in, uh, which is obviously a challenge because, like I said, the only way to get acclimated to it is get thrown in the fire and yeah. you know get experience. So. Uh, that's gonna be a challenge for them, uh, but yeah, it's a challenge. But it's 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 fun. Everybody's good. There's no bad players out there anymore. Uh, so every every week's a new challenge. And, so how big is the uh, jump? It, it's a grind. How big is the jump from college to the pros? Like when you first your first NFL game, were you just blown away by the speed? Is it really that huge of a jump? Yeah, it is pretty big. I, I mean, I was playing a lot of special teams my first year, so I wasn't playing a ton of offense, but. Uh, you know the plays that I did get it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty significant jump. Uh, you know, in college, you're you know if you're a guy, you're you're better than everybody, and uh, not everybody, but you're better than most guys you're going against. And uh, and then the NFL, it's you know everyone's so close in talent. You know the separation is very minimum, and so it's just, you got to find ways to to win your matchups by doing other things than just pure speed and quickness. You know you got to be able to um, you got to be able to think out there and uh, use use other all your tools. Yeah, uh, Alex Erickson joining us right now, former Badger, current Cincinnati Bengal. Alex, uh, thank you so much for joining us right now. I appreciate your time, man. I know I was reaching out. I was like, man, who could I catch up with? I'm like, I know we got to talk to the cult <laughs> hero around here, Alex. And you know, when it comes to moving back to the Badgers now. I don't even, no one really knows what's going to happen with the college football season, obviously, with the pandemic going on. But how important was it? Because they couldn't obviously get out there and do spring ball and whatnot. How important was it, spring ball, for you uh, when it comes to the upcoming season? Was it a big thing for you to get you ready for the year? Or was it one of those things like we've had former Badgers on, like Matt Bernstein? He's saying, like, ah, to me, I just screwed around and joked with the guys. Other people said it's really important. What was it like for you? Yeah, it's kind of both of those. I think when you're, trying to find your niche and trying to find your spot on the team. You know, those are huge reps, very valuable reps. I, I know for me, uh, spring was a spot where I made a lot of jumps and passed a lot of guys because guys were injured, guys were sitting out, and uh, it was a chance for me to get reps and, and prove myself. And then you come into training camp, you kind of get that confidence and uh, that experience, and uh, you're ready to attack uh, training camp. So, you know, it, it sucks because, you know, there going to be young guys that were looking for this opportunity to prove themselves. You know, the older guys, it's a, it's another opportunity to just sharpen sharpen your sword and, and get better at little things and also enjoy the time with your teammates. So, it, you know, it sucks all around, but uh, you'll be fine. They'll be fine without it. You know, you can come in and everyone's in the same boat. So it's a matter of adjusting and, and just being ready to execute when the time comes. Yeah, obviously when um, Jonathan Taylor graduating and then going to the Indianapolis Colts and then you have like Nakia Watson back there and some other guys, Jalen Berger coming in, when you were with Wisconsin and there was maybe a question mark in the position, could you tell there was a guy that was maybe buried in the depth chart that was just head and shoulders better than who would be the starter? Yeah, there's always guys where no one's talking about him. You're like, man, maybe in a year or two this guy's going to be something. Um 
And sure enough, you know, when you see those guys over and over again, um, you know, they jump out, jump out at you and eventually become guys that everyone talks about. Um, but yeah, there's always guys in the team. You know, there's so many talented kids now and they come in and, you know, it's one thing great about Wisconsin. They allow everyone to get an opportunity to develop and, uh, they give you that time and that's important. You don't get rushed into it. And when you're ready to go, they're going to find you and they're going to give you an opportunity to play. And, um, you know, as it, it proved out a lot, you know, a lot of these guys yeah. that came in as low draft pit or low, uh, ranking or, or walk-ons, you know, they end up being guys that play in the NFL a long time. How's it feel for you? Has it, has it, I mean, I know you've been in the league now since, you know, 2016. How's it feel for you to be, you know, a kid from Darlington, Wisconsin, who has the crazy story of all of a sudden you're in the league. Has it, has the reality hit you yet? Uh, not yet. I think, <laughs> I think when I'm done playing, I'll kind of look back on it all, but I, you know, I try to reflect here and there. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's obviously going from a small town, as you know, you know, somewhere, somewhere town size. And so it's, you know, there wasn't anybody that I knew that made it to professional sports. So, uh, you didn't really have someone to like say, I want to be just like them, uh, that you were close to. So it, it was, uh, for me, it was kind of just taking it step by step and, well, I guess I got an opportunity to play college, and then when you get done with college, like, well, I get a chance to play in the NFL, and now here I am, uh, four years in, going to my fifth year, just trying to keep going as long as I can, and just try to enjoy every moment and uh, make yeah. the most of it all. That's so cool, man. Alex Erickson joining us right now. Um, so, Alex, I'm looking at the Cincinnati Bengals away schedule, and I see on it you have the Indianapolis Colts, and you got uh, Jonathan Taylor on the Colts. You going to go over to Taylor when you're uh, on the road in Indianapolis? Maybe get something to eat or something, or go seek him out and say, "Hey." <laughs> yeah, he's going to buy me dinner, dude. He's got <laughs> big pockets now. Uh, but oh, he's a good dude. I, maybe he could throw me some toppers too. I don't know. Yeah, right. I'll have to hit him up. <laughs> and then you got JJ Watt. I see that you guys are going to Houston too for JJ Watt. When it comes to the camaraderie, yeah. are you uh, Wisconsin guys? Do you stick together when you're on the road, or or you got teams coming into Cincinnati? Do you guys ever get together and do anything before the games? Uh, usually, not before the games, but after games, you know, we always always make a point to catch up and. Everyone's pretty connected. Everyone knows of each other, so it's it's pretty cool. And uh, there's a lot of pride with playing at Wisconsin, and guys really take a lot of pride in that Motion W. And you know, it's a big family. The minute you step on the campus, and to the time your your time on Earth is over, you know, it's it's you're part of the family, and everyone takes care of each other. Everyone looks out for each other, so it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, have you heard anything from the NFL? If there's you know, season's going to start on time, and season's going to be everything a go, or no fans? Have you heard? Has anyone said anything to you? If you can tell us. Uh, so right now we're gonna they're gonna reassess it like everything, and I think and uh, a couple weeks here, or maybe early June. Uh, but it's hard to say. I don't know. I I know. I just there's so much money involved with these these leagues that I think they'll find a way to to get it off the ground. Uh, a matter of when, I'm not sure, but you know, I think we'll have a season. Could you imagine playing a, you know, a sport, an NFL game, or even college without fans? Is that something that, I mean, could, <sighs> Man, what's your take on no be, fans? Yeah, it'd be so weird, just because you know that the fans and uh, that adds so much adrenaline to the the game, and you know, I think as we all know, the adrenaline picks up, everyone plays faster, harder, and. So it'd be it'd be so weird with no fans. Yeah. But hey, if we got if we got to do it, we got to do it. Yeah, there it is, man. And hey, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you, man, um, uh, the walk on bar and grill, Mount Horeb, you're involved in that, right? Yes. So yeah. my folks Part just yeah, my folks just moved to Mount Horeb about a year, year and a half ago, and it's on the agenda, it's on the docket to get there. But obviously, with the COVID nineteen and going on, you guys are still open yeah. and still doing stuff, yeah. Yeah, we're doing carry out stuff, and uh, that's about all we're doing. Obviously, just trying to. Just trying to make it. It's tough. It's tough for all these small businesses. Uh, it sucks, but yeah, I think you know. Let them know when it opens back up. Beers on me. Yeah, dude. Hey, when this thing opens, is done, and the walk-ons open back up for everything besides carryout, I'm gonna bring us down there. We're gonna party hard, responsibly, obviously. But we're gonna yeah, we're gonna take weird. over the bar, man, and uh, represent Mount Horeb and Darlington <laughs> and Dodgeville over here in a big way. So, Alex, yeah, dude, love it. I appreciate your time, man, and uh, I hope there is fans for you in the stands. And I'm glad that you can join us today. And best of luck for the upcoming season. And thanks for your time, brother. Hey, thank you, brother. Anytime. Thanks. Thanks, man. See you, Alex. There he is, Alex Erickson. All class. What a cool dude. Let's go back to the phones. Welcome in, Mark. What's up, Mark? Nah, 
Not too much. Uh, how are you guys doing today? We're doing good, man. You know, as, as good as one can be in these times. And yourself? I'm doing great. Doing great. What's on your mind, brother? Uh, so I am a big gambler, and I am looking at the Packers' win total, and it's set at 9.5. And, mm. and I think that that is too high. Looking at their their away schedule, they have the Saints, they have the Buccaneers. Uh, they have, obviously, the Vikings have 49ers, Texans, Colts. Um, I just wanted to hear your guys' take on that because I think they have the, a chance to lose a lot of away games. So I think I'm going on the under on that, even though I'm a huge Packer fan. Uh, I just wanted to hear what you guys had to think about You that. said nine and a half, right, Mark? Nine and a half, yeah. Yeah. All right, brother. Um, thanks. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss it, all right? All right. All right, because yeah. Nelly over here is a gambler too. Thanks, Mark. All right, so what do you think about Mark there? Nine and a half, he's thinking under. It's always hard for me to bet the under of the team that I cheer for because that's just you, you it's not like you're, to, you're not rooting for them to lose, but and then you got to preface it by saying I'm a Packers fan, but but I took the I'm under. with them. I'd go under too because I think last year's team was a nine ten win se- season, right? I think that was a nine ten win team, but they got extremely lucky. They stayed extremely healthy. And they won yes. 13 games, but we, we've talked about this the last week. It never looked great. The offense never looked great. Nothing the, ever really looked that yeah, great, the but they defense, found ways to win. Outside of a couple games, never looked top 10. They just found ways to win, and that's so hard to do in the NFL and so hard to duplicate the next into the next season. Basically, the roster got older, and they didn't really add a whole lot right now, especially in uh, – the draft. You they look they at added the, really nothing to win now. Yeah, you look at the the free agents that they signed, and you go, eh, they they didn't get a ton worse, but they definitely didn't get better. So I mean, at best, that's a net like a net even, right? And then you look at the draft, and you go, well, we got a backup quarterback that hopefully will play in four years. You got a backup running back that'll maybe get some carries as the the number two running back this next year. You got an H back slash tight end. And then you got a DeGuara. bunch of yeah. Then you got a bunch of guys that you big Degora fan here. By you're the hoping way. to make the roster. Did they really get that much better? It's it's like they took a nine and seven, ten and six team, was extremely lucky, didn't really add to it, and they're still a nine or ten win team. And I'm thinking with any type of injuries or nine and a half wins for the Green Bay Packers, Vegas over under. I uh, I think yeah, especially when. The Packers are super high on their receivers, right? Who else is super high on their receivers? No, no one. one. <laughs> Nobody. So, so they're betting on MVS, Jake Kumro, St. Brown, Devin Funches, who was coming off a broken collarbone, Alan Lazard, who played good for half a season, Devontae Adams to stay healthy. Like, what if, what if Devontae Adams goes down with a torn ACL week two? Don't put that bad juju on me right now. <laughs> But to your point, I know what you're doing. I don't like the juju. I don't like when you name names of it. But keep in mind, last season. What is season, that receiving core if Devontae Adams isn't there? I know they're going to say, well, he missed some games last year and Aaron Jones stepped up and Jamal Williams stepped up and, and yada, yada, yada. But seriously, if, if a guy like that was out for a majority of a season, not like four games, think what of, is that offense going to look like? Last season, in my entire Thinking back in my entire fandom of the Green Bay Packers, of when I finally became self-aware of how much I love the green and gold, do you remember, I don't, do you remember, Nelson, a season where they got the amount of luck they had, and it's not even luck, the amount of, or lack thereof, of injuries? No, never. I've never seen you a team. You know Green Bay is a team that always gets hurt. Well, it's, it's just not Packers, it's every team in the NFL. If you go look at the, what happens to every single team? Injuries, tend to mount up. And if you can somehow negate some of those injuries, you have a better chance of making the playoffs and maybe making a run if you avoid a lot of injury. I don't know how the Packers did it, but almost no one was injured last year. And what you say normally, it feels like more Packer players get hurt with like with like weak injuries like hamstrings. Yes. Or quads. It's always the hammies. Or groins where they sit out for multiple weeks where it's like, Man, you look around the league, and it's like all these other teams with uh, bigger-time players, they aren't ever mentioning about their hamstrings. No, I know Devontae Adams was out that turf toe for four weeks, but Aaron Jones became a man possessed during that time. Literally no one else. Who who 
maybe Alan Lazard in a few moments, but who else, when Devontae Adams was out, stood up to the occasion? Jamal Williams played really well. They split him out at times, kind of like they were using Aaron yeah. Jones, not to the same extent, but but for what Jamal Williams had done. The lack in of career, injuries was insane. And can do you think they can duplicate and you can never you never know when injury is going to happen. Hell, someone could tear their putting their tear their meniscus somehow putting a mask on right now. I don't know how that works, but it happens. Well, the the knee bones connected to the neck bone. I don't think crap. they can be as healthy. I don't Nine and a half stuff, and you look at the schedule, brutal. And tougher schedule, you know they can't stay as healthy. Nine and a half stuff. I don't want to say it under yet. I'm not going to bet on their receiving I don't want to bet on my team (laughs) as an under, but if you want to make that money, Mark. Tonight, starting at 7, is the NFL schedule release show. I just saw this tweet. Um, it, it was now deleted, but a big J tweeted it out and said the Packers plan to release their schedule an hour before the schedule show airs. All right, maybe we won't tune in. <laughs> so, so the, the guy... Del- we talked about it all week. Now we might not even tune in. The guy... Uh, I wish I could have his name, but he deleted his tweet now. So he put the tweet out there. He's a big J. He was uh, part of um, Green... Uh, whatever's up there in Green Bay. He was a sportscaster. It's now gone. I can't find his name anymore. But he had it that said that the Packers were set to release their schedule an hour before the actual show aired tonight. So maybe I'm not going to be tuning in. I'm still going to watch a little bit. But the leaks are happening on Twitter. I haven't really seen anything crazy besides the NFL is going to start their schedule out the first four weeks. You're going to be playing outside of your division. You're going to be going. The Packers will be playing the AFC South. So you'll get some of those teams right away. You won't be starting in your division or nothing. So the first four weeks, you'll be out. And that'll be, let's see, the Packers' road opponents. This The road opponent schedule is the toughest, in my opinion, because let me ask you here, Nelson. Here's the home. Obviously, you got the Bears, Lions, Vikings. But then home, you have the Falcons, Panthers, the Jaguars, Titans, and the Eagles. What do you think of those outside of the NFC North? All right, just go through them slowly. Falcons. They're probably going to be better than they were last year. They started coming on last year once the, they knew their season was yeah, over. Yeah, and they got new unis. Yeah, which normally means you're going the opposite direction. <laughs> right. The Panthers. They had a really good draft, but I I mean. Who's that, Teddy B? Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater? You a believer? No, but I've been pretty uh, pretty steadfast on that. I think he's a bottom seven quarterback in the NFL. How about the Jaguars? See, that one's tough. Like, they got some players mm-hmm. on both sides of the football, but what are they missing? A quarterback? Yeah. And Gardner Minshew was good for, like, what, two games? Great mustache, though. Titans of Tennessee. I mean, that's one of the sexy picks for this year, right? They had a they beat New England. Derrick Henry's a beast. They re-signed Tannehill. Yeah, Tannehill, was, T- Tannehill had, like, the best quarterback rating in the final was it, four when you or five laughing? weeks. Remember you were oh, laughing yeah. at me? I, Tannehill, joke. <laughs> He proved, he proved us wrong. And then you have the Eagles at home. Carson Wentz. See, the Eagles, aren't they? Is Carson always, Wentz even any good? I think he's really good. I can't tell if he's good or not. Sometimes I feel there's like he's good, and other times I'm like, this guy's trash. Like, there's something really weird about the Eagles and Carson Wentz. Like, Carson totally. Wentz's ability, in my eyes, is really, really good. Like, I would take him in Green Bay easily, especially if Rodgers is in his last couple of years. But then the, you watch the team, and sometimes it's like they don't play. They, was, like, they don't play for him. Like, is this guy good like when or they, not? When they brought in Nick Foles and they ended up going on and winning the Super Bowl, that team looked a lot more motivated to sure. play with Nick Foles than to play with the higher-skilled Carson Wentz. Which, I, there's got to be a disconnect between him and his teammates. I don't know why. So, all right, anyway, enough about Carson Wentz. I'm going to get the break real quick. I just I can't tell if the guy's good or not. The I home, think he's good. The home schedule. Winnable, you can go above five hundred on that. Like, what would you say? Titans, Eagles, Jags, Panthers, Falcons, and then obviously Bears, Lions, Vikings. Yeah, I think that they should have a winning record in those eight games. Yeah. All right, now we go to the road. Obviously, Bears, Lions, Vikings. We'll start with the Saints. I think the Saints are overall better than them. I thought the Saints were better than them last year, and I see the Saints improving and. Uh, the Packers really Not. staying pretty even. The best. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This this is the ultimate. Who knows? 
But my God, the talent on paper is off the charts. On paper, they're better than the Packers. Oh, but are they paper tigers? We will find out. Tampa Bay, though, man, I don't, I don't know. What's your vibe on Tampa Bay? I feel like gonna, I feel like we're gonna know. By I feel week, like they're gonna ball. You're gonna know by week four. I feel like they're gonna ball out. The Houston Texans. Once again, that's the team that's gonna live and die by Deshaun Watson. I like Deshaun Watson. Actually, their line is terrible, though. How many didn't Deshaun Watson? Wasn't he setting records for how many times he was getting sacked or hit? Yeah, but then they traded for Laramie Tunsil, who I believe was banged up at the end of last year. So he was supposed to help fortify that offensive line. Not saying that he's going to be a godsend, but I know he was banged up at the end of last year, so that might help a little bit if he's healthy. I mean, that's a toss-up. The Saints, I would say, get the edge. Buccaneers, for me right now, it's going to be a great battle, hopefully, to get the edge, though, because it's on the road. Texans. I mean, there's some talent there. The Indianapolis Colts, there's another wild card. Well, that's that's like a team that's got a bunch of talent. Jonathan like, Taylor, Phillip Rivers. They got a bunch of talent on the roster, but they have no quarterback. I mean, now it's Phillip Rivers, but he didn't play very well last year. So, so is Phillip Rivers going to be the Phillip Rivers from two years ago, or is he going to be the Phillip Rivers from last well, year? Well, get this, though. Phillip Rivers is actually going to get a home home crowd advantage. He has that going for him now. And Jacoby Brissett's still the backup, correct? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So that's a toss-up for me. But then you have the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, we already saw it twice last year. They beat that crap out of the Packers. Twice. LaFleur gets treated like a younger brother. <laughs> so what do you think? And then Bears, Lions, Vikings, what do you think of the road schedule? Obviously, it's much tougher. Very tough. That's tough. Like when you have games where I would I would expect them to beat Houston on paper, but again, if if Watson just went off that game, he could win that game by himself. Well, we'll find out more tonight. I mean, we'll see. I hope there's not just a also, stretch. There's like a way, a way, a way, yeah, just a juggernaut. It's also going to matter how the how it all stacks up, how it comes out with like road trip wise, yeah. where the buy falls in there. Well, we'll find out more tonight, starting at seven. 